Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. to Brave the Wild with me, your host, Paladino Joey. Brave the Wild is available on thesportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Back on board once again to talk hockey here on a Saturday morning. In this case, ready to uh, review two games against the Metropolitan Division and preview three games against the Metropolitan Division and a matinee game starting out against the Anaheim Ducks. But yes, uh, we've been metroplexed, yes. Ah, uh, Metroplex, all that. Uh, <laughs> uh, even from Transformers, guy was a little bit bigger. So the Metropolitan Division, a little bigger than life on occasion, especially when it features teams like the Pittsburgh Penguins, Washington Capitals, New York Rangers, all that. Uh, Wild able to beat the Rangers in a game that started good, but it had a little bit of that Arizona flair to it, if you know what I mean, particularly in the second period. But Wild learned their lesson from that. Put the clamps down in the third period, and well done. Washington, I don't know what that was. It was just kind of like they slept, walked, and got the, got the crap beat out of them in a big way. Uh, believe it or not, the Wilds still hung in there for a little while late in that one. An empty net goal on the power play by Eric Stahl, who had another strong, solid week. He's been Mr. Consistency all year, and it's been well, well documented, well appreciated. Eric Stahl also scoring against the New York Rangers. We'll jump into that here in a second. Uh, February the 13th. So, yes, a uh, little uh, bookends of Valentine's Day. New York Rangers and Washington Capitals on the 15th. So we'll talk about those now. And we'll preview the four and all that stuff. Second segment. Minnesota wins 3-2 to two over the New York Rangers. I expected a victory. I thought this game would continue to go the way it was. Uh, very strong start in the game. Uh, Lundqvist not looking good early on. And then he put the clamps down. Was significantly better after that. Didn't help that the Rangers were turning the puck over in their own zone. It didn't help at all. Uh, Both Eric Stahl and Zach Parisi, of course, uh, established veterans. We all know that. Uh, Able to poke pucks loose and score unassisted in both situations. Zach Parisi kind of uh, almost like slam dunked it into the net from behind. Kind of like he kind of, I don't even know what you call it. (laughs) Kind of had it ricochet off the goalie, that type of situation. And it got to go in, but a nice uh, defensive play by Parisi. Poking the puck loose, scoring his third goal of the season. No assist, of course. Same with uh, Eric Stahl. 25th goal of the year. Poking the puck loose along the neutral zone, along the wall there on the right side of the neutral zone. And going all the way, able to rifle it past 
Mr. Uh, Henrik Lundqvist there. Uh, Marcus Foligno off of a nice uh, nice play by uh, Daniel Winnick. Uh, Eriksson Ek, Yule Eriksson Ek, Joel Eriksson Ek, whatever you want to call him. It is Yule. At least I believe it is. Or Jewel. Now they, they keep changing and it drives me nuts. Now they're saying Jewel. Oh, make up your damn mind. Should we just call him Eriksson Ek? Okay. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> he got his eighth assist on the play, so that's nice. But the play ultimately for me was made by Daniel Winnick as he did not give up on the puck. Uh, it was taken away. Daniel Winnick had it taken away, and then he was able to fight for it, win the little battle, get it back, and then center it out to uh, Marcus Foligno for a wrister. Marcus Foligno, sixth goal of the year, Lundquist, uh, beating Lundquist high there on the right side of the shoulder. Sixth goal of the season for Foligno, who's been playing very well. And he's been avoiding any type of a healthy scratch. And Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, Stewart has not been in any games of late as he's been healthy scratch. He's also been unhealthy in terms of he's been sick, that, and his kids have been sick, all that. That's been the talk from uh, Bruce Boudreaux in the uh, press conferences and such, at least during the past week. Ultimately, at the end of the day, right now, there's no spot for Chris Stewart. So, unfortunately, a lot of the uh, the fans out there, a lot of people love him. Uh, not been out there. Uh, Felino's been out playing him. Tyler Ennis has been playing good enough to stay out there as well. Lots of scoring chances, but never finishing. Miku Koivu, lots of scoring chances, but never finishing. It is the same old story. <laughs> Charlie Coyle, you could say as well, in and out. Uh, there's a lot of opportunities for... Tyler Ennis to score, and it just, unfortunately, it just doesn't seem to happen at the end of the day. Eric Stahl, again, it's unfortunate that there weren't a whole lot of assists, except for the Felino goal, and that's pretty much it for the scoring for the Wild, but, you know, there were there were, there were opportunities for players. Tyler Ennis never officially got a shot on net, unfortunately, as they were poked away or blocked. Nino Niederreiter, very active in the game, also getting a couple penalties, but putting the puck on net. Jason Zucker, four shots and all that. Uh, but, you know, in an okay game by the Wild, a lame second period, I'd have to say, and uh, Bruce Boudreaux had a lot to say about that. We got to see the debut of Nick Sealer, as there it was. There was the call-up, where Susie, is Sealer, Susie or Sealer going to get called up uh, during the Brodeen injury, the recovery, all that. And yes, the answer was yes. Uh, the, the, the Wild <laughs> acquired Victor Louvre. Now it is Louvre. It's not Love, it's, it's Louvre. Uh, from Sweden, of course, ultimately at the end of the day, but from the... Uh, uh, New Jersey Devils and the Birmingham Devils, all that. Uh, ultimately, again, we also uh, sent over Lucia and Berschetti. Remember the sixth-round pick a couple years ago? And, of course, Lucia, a man we traded up for in the 2011 draft. So those guys gone. Not been that great of late. Uh, but Victor Louvre, ultimately, he was with the Wild. Healthy scratch for that one game. And the Wild make the decision, send Louvre down to the AHL, back to the Iowa Wild. Again, only two games so far for his career. Now Nick Steeler has tied him with two games, one against the Rangers, one against the Capitals. So Nick Steeler now with the Minnesota Wild, and he's looked solid out there. Doesn't stand out. Uh, that bottom pairing of Prosser and Steeler, nothing to say much at this stage. Of course, Nick Steeler, left-shot defenseman. Nate Prosser, right-shot defenseman. That's why the Wild has such a hard time bringing Steeler up, and you figure... It's uh, Sealer or Susie, both being left-shot defensemen. You have a hell of a time bringing them up because a lot of your best defensemen are left-shot. Suter, of course, uh, again, Suter, Brodeen. And then you have the two prospects who are, you know, hanging on into the NHL, uh, Mike Riley and Gustav Olofsson. Riley played some right-shot on occasion when he was with Olofsson on some 
cases, but he didn't look so good out there with the right shot, wasn't comfortable with it, went back to his natural position, and it's been a platoon ever since. But now, of course, with the injury to Brodeen, Gustav Olofsson promoted. Yes, we've talked about this before. He's been getting about 20 minutes on ice, and he's looked the part. Gustav Olofsson, to me, is an NHL defenseman and an improving one. He also was able to get an assist in the Washington game, a 5-2 loss to the Washington Capitals. Of course, the fifth goal was empty net, not all against Dubnik, but not the prettiest uh, performance at the end of the day, I would have to say. Nice to have Nick Sealer back in the mix again. Very nice indeed. Uh, before I jump into the Washington game, I will mention there will be Neil Nate Dogg feasting retrospectives in future shows. This week, I couldn't get around to it. Lots of overtime at work, but uh, yeah, I'll put something together. There'll be little retrospectives at the end of certain shows. And, you know, we have all the time in the world to do that. Those shows are out there also as well to uh, <laughs> all the, all the uh, family of Nick of uh, Neil Nate Dog Thiessing. We appreciate him very much, his contribution to this show, but more importantly, his friendship. Great guy. And I will always give him a shout-out on pretty much every show because I, you know, I miss him so much, and obviously I missed having him on the show, too, when I uh, moved to... when I got married and moved away a bit. It, you know, it's just kind of... It made it a little harder, this and that. The schedule got tighter because my wife works an opposite shift. So, yes, it, the schedule's tighter and when I can record, this and that. So that's part of the reason as well. I put a strain on being able to record and such, unfortunately. Um... But, yeah, there'll always be an empty seat next to me, in, in a sense, uh, representing Neil Natog Thiessen, kind of like Kevin Garnett did for his friend during his career, uh, his friend that passed away years ago and when he was a kid. Uh, he always left a seat open next to him. That's what I'm going to do for Neil for uh, this show pretty much from this day forward. So now we move to the Washington Capitals game, the 15th of February. 5-2 to two loss, of course. Devin Dubnik not sharp in this game. Uh, not too many players were sharp in this game, really, at the end of the day. Nice to see Eric Stahl chipping a goal late in the game on the power play. A uh, four, <laughs> six-on-four situation. As, of course, the Wild had an empty net, pulled the goalie in Devin Dubnik, and were able to score there, making it a 4-2 game. But at the end of the day, Washington was just the better team. They always play well against this. Alex Ovechkin always finds a way to score at some point against the Wild, and he was able to get assists on every goal as well as he's putting the puck on net time and time again. Uh, Ovechkin had three points in the game, two assists, but it felt like it <laughs> felt like all the goals. Nope, he, he, he did have three goals. The empty netter also, three assists, pardon me, 31st assist on the season. Tom Wilson able to nail it from empty net there late, making it 5-2. to two. Tom Wilson also got his uh, eighth goal of the season very early in the second period, much to our chagrin. After a scoreless first period, it was encouraging. Washington getting all those shots on net, the Wild getting a few opportunities here and there, but pretty much the whole game, you could kind of feel Washington was the better team. Uh, the Wild would get scoring chances that just wouldn't cash in, and it was frustrating. Uh, Koivu, Granlund, both getting assists in this game. He thought Quavo and Granlin could have hooked up for another goal, but players just out of position. Granlin ran out of time to release the puck, and it was knocked away, so officially wasn't on net. Uh, Zach Carisi getting more and more active out there. Seven shots on goal, very active in the game, but nothing nothing was able to get past the uh, Washington goaltender, who wasn't Holtby in this one. It was Philip Grubauer, who had a great game. Philip Grubauer was strong the entire night, and of course the Washington Capitals just looked quicker, looked smarter, looked more skilled than the Wild throughout the night. Uh, their top line, their second line, just deadly. Uh, TJ Oshie, of course, looking quick out there like he always is. Uh, Nicholas Backstrom, Alex Ovechkin. There, there's no player on the Wild that's as good as those two guys. Uh, 
Kuznetsov also as well, one of the best players out there, uh, dominant at times, and didn't didn't get anything didn't get anything in the net, but certainly scared us time and time again. Tom Wilson three overall points again. Remember two goals, one assist. Alex Ovechkin three assists in the game to go with his goal. Um, one of them, of course, a tip in from Nicholas Backstrom, which put the Capitals up three to nothing. If I remember, nope, that was the four to that was the four to one goal after Niederreiter finally got one in. After <laughs> getting, you know, you just put the puck on net, you get aggressive, you keep battling, and once in a while it squirts through. And Gustav Olsson able to get his sixth assist on that one as Nino Niederreiter got his fifteenth goal on the forecheck there, able to finally get something past Grubauer. That was nice. That was uh, we were grateful for that. Nino Niederreiter oft injured throughout the season, doesn't get a whole lot of assists this season, mostly just goals. But we'll take the goals, I suppose. Would be nice if he could factor in on a couple more plays like he has in the past, but not so much this year. He's playing more of a Zucker role this year, it seems like, but able to get these tip-ins and physical. Uh, close to the net goals, and of course some wristers able to get past uh, goaltenders, uh, past their shoulders, of course. Needle Rider, very successful raising the puck on occasion, but this one, more of a Parisi type of goal, very close, <laughs> not afraid to get dirty on this one. Parisi, just unsuccessful on so many attempts, and it's too bad. Uh, Grubauer was ready for everything that came his way when it came to Parisi. Um, but nice to see Parisi as active as he's been. He's definitely getting closer and closer and closer to being the Zacharyzy that we used to have about two or three years ago. The one before the back injury started to flare up and such, because that was going on for about two years there. Um, yeah, Like the year before, something wasn't right with Parisi. We were wondering why he's not the same guy. He's not playing as close to the net. And then last year, of course, it came more to a head, and he missed half the season and several... Uh, several games into this season as well. Definitely a long, long, long-term situation there. Back surgeries and such. And, and, and an additional surgery to start off this season. Very frustrating uh, for Zach Carizzi. But nice to see him getting closer and closer to finally being the guy he was before. What sucks, though, is he's already 33. So, you know, the father time and all that. And the contract's still going for another six, seven years. So extreme frustration in that sense. But we can talk about that all day. And we don't really feel like doing that at this point. Uh, lately, you've seen Eric Stahl, Granlund, and Niederreiter on the power play on occasion. And it's a nice group. And, of course, Eric Stahl able to get one past Grubauer. Again, like I mentioned earlier, 26th goal of the year. Just dominant in the goal scoring for Eric Stahl this year. He's looking a lot more like the one we saw in Carolina, the Carolina Hurricanes version of Eric Stahl, looking more and more like that franchise center. Of course, he's also 33 years old, so again, the clock's ticking for him, but boy, nice renaissance for Eric Stahl the last two years for Minnesota. It's been wonderful, and he's back next year. It was a three-year contract. He'll be a free agent next season. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's traded at some point, maybe the, maybe next year. I don't think they'll trade him this year because it looks like the Wild have a good chance of making the playoffs. And, you know, they say in hockey, anything can happen when you make the playoffs. But, yeah, I I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't blame the Wild for not wanting to do a fire sale and not wanting to go the direction of the New York Rangers. And plus, when you make it public, I don't know. The players aren't going to cooperate very well. And they're not going to really, they're not going to agree with it. They're never going to. Um, nobody wants to tank. Nobody with a competitive bone in their body wants to tank. I understand that, but sometimes, sometimes, sheesh, you know, you just wish the team could draft better, and, but you also wish the team could have had one of those horrible seasons where you get the, a top three pick and it's a legitimate top three pick. I mean, or even a top six or something, 
and you wish a guy like Clayton Keller could fall to you if you're like the sixth pick. It's one thing when you get a Matt Dumba when you pick seventh or so in the draft, and it's another when you get Clayton Keller. I mean, that, that, ah, that kind of thing just breaks your heart. It's always the wrong year, isn't it, when the Wild are in the top ten. <laughs> They're not in the top ten very often. But it's always the wrong year. Uh, Brodeen, nice player. Again, also a fairly high pick, obviously, as well. Sixth, seventh in the draft back in 2011. You're able to get Jonas Brodeen. Good player, but is he that good? Eh, yes, no. You know, he, he does a lot of things that don't show up in the stat sheet, and we all get that. Uh, he's in possession. He pokes the puck away. He regains possession, all that. He does a great job defensively. Sometimes he has some gaff games, but, I'll, of course, every defenseman has bad games. Ryan Suter's had some pretty awful ones as well, but he can be downright phenomenal uh, as well. So it kind of is what it is there. Uh, I'm liking the positioning of Matt Dumba more and more. You're seeing better plays defensively for Matt Dumba than we saw in the past. We saw him lay on the ice to prevent a shot. And, you know, you, you didn't see that for Matt Dumba before. Kind of like how Ryan Suter does on occasion and other good defenders. They'll lay right before the shot is released so the puck can't get away. And I love that. Um, Sometimes that kind of that kind of play can save your team. Um, you're seeing better things out of Matt Dumba defensively. Of course, the scoring has gotten quieter and quieter, unfortunately. He's stuck at 31 points, which isn't bad at all. In, any defenseman that can get 30 and up is doing a good job out there. Uh, 30 points and up, of course. Double-digit goals once again for Matt Dumba. So I've liked the improved play of him of late defensively. Hopefully it starts showing up in the box score as well for him on some of those rifle shots he does put on net. He does a good job of that, just sometimes it doesn't work out and you get into these little cold streaks offensively, but that's part of the game, unfortunately. Um, Daniel Winnick is the kind of guy, you know, he's making, what, 600000 a year right now? And, of course, last year he was overpaid almost $3 million a year, kind of like Marcus Foligno. I think, I think we're overpaying him a little bit. Uh, good personality, and he's got skill. But it's like hit and miss with the guy. Uh, Daniel Winnick is consistent every night. I've never really sat here and been like, oh, Daniel Winnick is just dead weight on this roster. I like what he brings. Uh, a, a lot of people don't always see what he does, but he outworks guys out there, and he, he frees the puck, and I, I appreciate what he does bring. Um, he plays his role. He's a fourth-line player, but he's also capable of making some really nice plays as well, uh, offensively on occasion. So I've liked what Daniel Winnick has brought to this roster, and I would not mind re-signing him unless there's certain, unless you have to make room for certain prospects, of course, the Luke Cunnings and such, to finally get on the roster. <laughs> finally get on the roster. Luke Cunning, of course, Yul Eriksson-Eck, Jule Eriksson-Eck will be remaining with the NHL for long term, i got to think. Oh, I'm just dying for some more points, but it was nice to see him get his eighth assist the other night versus the New York Rangers. That was helpful. Tyler Ennis is still inked for a bit here, unfortunately. I like Tyler Ennis's skill, but the skill and the production aren't matching, and that's frustrating. Kind of like, unfortunately, Zach Carizzi, the skill and the production aren't matching either. Uh, you're seeing the skill, you're seeing the effort, and you can always appreciate the skill and the effort. But damn it, I wish you could get a little more goals here, some more assists, this and that. Parisi's number has not been uh, up to par of late, but again, the timing's still a teeny bit off, but I would say he's very close. And if Parisi can finally get to that stage again, it would make a huge difference. And if it happens during playoff time, it doesn't get much better than that. Maybe there's your playoff run. So let's wrap up this segment now with the Mike Madonna Award. I'm going to continue to give it to uh, Eric Stahl. He got it last week. He's going to get it again this week. Um... Actually, Dubnik got it last week. He was downright fantastic, but Eric Stahl will get another one this week. He's definitely a top candidate for Mike Padano of the year for this show. 
for this season and all that. Uh, the James Tepper Memorial, you know, Dubnik had a very soft game in net against the Washington Capitals, but he was really good against the uh, New York Rangers. I'd have to say only two goals allowed. He faced a pretty furious rush from the New York Rangers, and he survived it. Uh, New York came back. They gave their effort, boy. They gave their effort, and they'd won two games in a row coming into that one. Okay, it's like big deal, two games in a row, but they were an angry group of players who had just been told, well, yeah, you know, we're going to tank the rest of the way. We're moving on. We're getting rid of this and that. This guy's probably going to get traded, blah, blah, blah. And then they got mad, and they started showing more competitiveness and like, screw you guys, we're not gonna, we're not gonna just tank the season here, even though we are in last place in a very good metropolitan division. But that kind of is what that is. Uh, so at the end of the day, um, James Tepper Memorial, I just kind of the effort of the team versus the Washington Capitals. You know, it, it's kind of hard to give individual players James Tepper Memorial. Sometimes a goalie is a terrible week. Or Matt Dumbuck has some horrible gaffes. Or you're just seeing guys invisible out there. I'm liking the effort from this roster. I mean, Koivu never scores. Never. But the effort's always there. So it's just he kind of is what he is. He's, to me, like a third-line center. I'm sorry. He's kind of a third-line center. He, he is. Um, even though he's a second-line center, he's a third-line center. Granlin brings it every night. Uh, you're always seeing... Like, he's like one millisecond away from a spectacular play. You can just see it from him. Breezy brings it every night, blah, blah, blah. Coil, the effort's always there. Um, I, I just can't really complain about anybody on the current roster at this point. Again, Dumba, all them. Dumba's been solid. Gustav's been good. Uh, Ryan Suter was all right. He didn't have a horrible game. Spurgeon could have scored standing up, damn it. But the problem is he wasn't standing up. He had too much momentum. That would have put the Wild back in the game. That was frustrating, but it's not like I'm mad at Spurgeon. He was, he, the puck, it was a, quite a phenomenal situation where Grubauer gave up a uh, very juicy rebound, but damn it, Spurgeon just could not get to that one, unfortunately, because there was too much momentum going towards the net uh, versus... Uh, being able to get to that puck. Oh, just, man, if only, if only he was going like a, maybe a teeny bit slower. Maybe Spurgeon could have got that shot off past Grubauer. And it could have been a very different situation. The Wild may very well have still lost it, but it would have been better than 5-2. to two. <laughs> It would have been better than 5-2, to two, and who knows. Uh, I've liked the first two games of Nick Steeler's career with the Minnesota Wild. So, nice. Good. Nice to see Nick Steeler, fifth-round pick a few years back, and former Golden Gopher getting something done with the Minnesota Wild so far. So that's the end of the first segment. Only two games. Let's preview four games and talk about the prospects. Also a couple of little, uh, the prospects in the Olympics, a particular one from Russia. I think we have an idea who that is. Here on Brave the Wild, segment number two, four games to preview, and of course some prospects to talk about. Let's go. February 17th this afternoon, a matinee game against the Anaheim Ducks. Ugh, I hate these matinee games. You know, they're fun at the same time, but the Wild seem to never play well in these games. And I don't know, uh, they're very beatable, 28, 20, and 11. Kind of just a mediocre, eh, kind of year is the Anaheim Ducks, so they've been creeping up a bit. The weird part is, I talk about how mediocre they are. You know, the second place San Jose Sharks, 
They're only three points ahead of the Anaheim Ducks, so that's kind of scary a little bit. A little bit. I don't know. That's kind of... <laughs> the Anaheim Ducks have won three out of their last five. They recently went to Buffalo and won. They beat Edmonton, who struggled. They lost to the Sharks 3-2, to lost in Detroit 2-1, to and at Chicago, most recently on the 15th, 3-2. to So the Ducks, not bad. 3-2 and two in their last five so, yeah, I've said that already. Uh, Rickard Raquel leading the team in scoring. He's pretty much been the dominant player for the Ducks this year. 22 goals and uh, 46 total points in the 54 games for the Ducks. Definitely been uh, solid, consistent, and all that. Cogliano, guys like that. Silverberg still there. Corey Prairie, Gutsloff. Aging, slowing down, missing time. Ryan Gutsloff has played 35 games. He's at a point per game. So he's actually in the points per game category. Gutsloff is leading the way. Again, top line center for the Ducks when available, of course. Corey Perry, 32 points in 48 games. Certainly not been as dominant as he was in the past. John Gibson has missed time, but and he started the season poorly. He stepped up a bit of late, and Ryan Miller was very good in John Gibson's stead. When he missed it like about a week or two, not too long ago, very recently here. Ryan Miller, very strong in that wily veteran goaltender for the Ducks who struggled off and on for other teams like uh, Vancouver and such. Um, not bad. Two shutouts for Ryan Miller during the course of the season. Not a bad duo there. It's kind of like Stalock and Dubnik, to be quite honest. Gibson, 2.57 goals against average. 20 and 15 on the season. Only one shutout, but consistent. Consistent has been John Gibson. Rarely dominant. Just consistent. Save percentage over 92. Not a bad team. Not a bad game. This and that. They kind of reek of that first round and out type of team. Though they'll probably make the playoffs. They still have the skill. They have the experience. And their goalie's getting better. Of course, John Gibson. He's had some... He he was really strong last year. Uh, Of course, he's been an emerging goaltender the last few years. Prospect for the Ducks who was highly thought of, and he's emerged nicely. Uh, they're definitely in a dogfight with teams like Calgary, them being the uh, Anaheim Ducks, trying to get into uh, <laughs> trying to trying to get into division leader category, only one point behind the Calgary Flames, and only two points ahead of Los Angeles. In the whole wildcard situation, they're fighting against the Minnesota Wild and Dallas Stars and Los Angeles Kings at this stage for that <laughs> for that coveted uh, wildcard spot. Uh, the, the duo and such. Dallas Stars been hanging on to the uh, the top position in the wild card. Minnesota, Anaheim, Los Angeles, and others fighting for the second one. Back and forth. Minnesota has definitely been strong most of the year, hanging in there. But of course, we've been missing out on occasion as well because uh, you know the Pacific Division isn't as good. It'd be easier to actually have. <laughs> it'd be a lot easier to actually be in a division leader spot. But that's where the Ducks are lucky. That's where they have a chance at something here still at this stage to be quite honest. Minnesota Wild, one point ahead of the Ducks, literally right now, 68 points. St. Louis Blues actually are now tied with the Dallas Stars for the division lead slash wild card. So that's an interesting situation at 72 points. As things are ever-changeable, other than the uh, Vegas Golden Knights dominating that Pacific division, 10 points ahead of the San Jose Sharks, looking very, very strong right now. Very good possibility the Vegas Golden Knights will not only make the playoffs, be the first expansion team to make the playoffs since back in the 60s, you know, yeah, the second six, North Stars and all them, but um, <laughs> the first one to win the division, I mean, this is good, uh, good stuff. And back then it was easier for an expansion team to emerge because there wasn't as many teams out there. Now, this is really something. Um, they've really put something really nice together in Las Vegas. Guys that were in the bottom six and they maybe get a chance at the top six, look what they can do now, this and that defensemen maybe that deserve more ice time, and goaltenders that deserve more opportunity. Um, so 
It's been very, very intriguing what's been taking place with the Vegas Golden Knights. Will they get beaten in the first round? Maybe, but I, I don't know. I, I think Minnesota is a tough matchup for them. Sometimes just certain teams just don't mesh well. The Wild have had wonderful success against the Golden Knights, and uh, I don't know. That would be cool if the Wild were to match up with the Golden Knights in the first round. Maybe them something could happen. And there I go talking about something else. <laughs> Record Raquel, though, has been a nice addition for the Anaheim Ducks this year, at least in terms of he's been, yeah, <laughs> addition from within and such. He's improved nicely for the Anaheim Ducks, become their leading scorer and most consistent player. I think the Wild can and should win this game. It's a home game, this and that. We've been great at home, uh, except against the Washington Capitals and all that. But the other side of it, again, these matinee games are funny. They're weird. You know, most of the time I'd pick Minnesota over Anaheim at home. These home games, or these these matinee games scare the crap out of me. I'm, I'm afraid to pick a win. I want to pick, I want to, but I'm scared to. Oh, God, tell me it's not a trap game. The Ducks win in a shootout or something. I do think the Wild will get a point one way or another. I don't think Anaheim would win this in regulation. Oh, boy. I think the Ducks are going to scare the Wild, and the Wild will emerge victorious. Something like shootout or overtime. I think both teams will get a point in this one, which will not be very helpful for the Wild. We'll gain a point on the Ducks in this game. And that's it. Not two. There will not be a regulation win for either team in this one. Somebody, this game for me will go to overtime. And yeah, <laughs> somebody, some, some, somebody obviously is going to win. No crap. But uh, both teams will get a point in this game, in my humble opinion. I will go with the Wild. Uh, three to two game. Three to two game. You're not going to see a crazy amount of scoring. I think Gibson. And well, it's been a debate back and forth between Stalock and Dubnik. Yeah, it's probably going to be Dubnik back in net. I think he'll have a very strong game, and the Wild will win it 3-2. to two. It'll be only 2-2 two to two going into the extra period, and Darkwing Dumba will either score in overtime, or, of course, you'll have a shootout victory, but the Minnesota Wild will beat the Anaheim Ducks. This is where Chris Stewart, maybe Chris Stewart will be back in action again, but uh, Darkwing Duck, Darkwing Dumba will be the uh, goal scorer if the Wild go into overtime, and I'm going to pick Dumba to score today. He's going to he's gonna end his, his very short scoring drought. It's not been that long. But a, a, a few games scoring drop for Darkwing Duck. Darkwing Dumba. He will be the guy to get it. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm going crazy. Um, season series so far, the Wild beat the Anaheim Ducks 3-2. to two, And it will be something similar to that. That was December the 8th. The Minnesota Wild win today. They win the series. Otherwise, you had to Anaheim to wrap things up. The rubber match on April 4th. Which, oh boy, that... That might be a loss, but we'll worry about that when the time comes. No idea how either team will be playing at that stage. Ah, oh boy. So now we quickly attempt to move on here. The New York Islanders. I've always liked this team, but then I, I don't like some of the players on the roster nowadays. I don't like the Minnesota connections. They kind of get on your nerves sometimes. A President's Day matinee. President's Day matinee in New York Islander land in Brooklyn. Brooklyn, New York now instead of in the Isle. The, uh, yeah, I wish it was on the aisle still. That was better. Even though the arena was old and dingy. So much history, man. That New York Islanders team was phenomenal back in the old days. But, well, it's a long time ago. Uh, Yurislav Halak, he's not been good for a while. Thomas Grice hasn't been good. <sighs> kind of a weird one. So back-to-back matinees here. But, again, it's the next. It's two days later. It's on Monday, President's Day. Yes, yeah, sir. George Washington, Thomas Jefferson. All the way up to Donald Trump, all that. <laughs> uh, John Adams, John Quincy Adams. Yeah, okay, I'm sorry. Nick Letty. See, here's the interesting thing. You know, we all get pissed off about the whole Nick Letty trade, to Cam Barker, 
you know, who cares about Kim Janssen? He was an expiring contract. He was able to get his Stanley Cup and retire, this and that. But the whole, the main attraction of that trade was Nick Letty, and then, of course, the Wild getting Cam Barker, all that. See, Nick Letty wound up with the New York Islanders and all that later on. The Blackhawks didn't even keep him that long. He's got 36 points on the season. But one interesting thing, see, some of you know this. A lot of you may know this, but a lot of us don't think about this. See, look at it this way. It's one way to feel a little better about that awful trade that even uh, even Chuck Fletcher admits was a terrible trade. He said it was a stupid move, and he feels bad about it. Um, but a certain player was taken in the sixth round of the draft, in the 2008 draft, who's a very, 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 very valuable player for the Minnesota Wild today. That defenseman is Jared Spurgeon. That's right. So luckily, <laughs> and the Wild were able to acquire him in free agency a few uh, years ago, 2013-ish. The Wild were able to acquire Jared Spurgeon, and look what he's done for the Wild ever since. He's one of the, you know, he's the best defenseman on the Wild. So that's one positive way to look at it. We ended up getting Jared Spurgeon at the end of the day. We had to sign him as a free agent. We had to do our due diligence on him and all that. But you got to do your due diligence on guys you're acquiring as well, and guys you're trading away, this and that. Um, but that's one way I feel a teeny tiny bit better. So Nick Letty's on the Islanders. Jared Spurgeon's on the Wild. So I guess that's the trade. And you feel a little bit better at the end of the day when you think about that. Spurgeon doesn't quite have the points of Nick Letty yet, but he's missed time. Nick Letty has not missed time. In fact, a lot of the best players in the New York Islanders have been downright durable, yet they stink for some reason. They're only four games above 500. I don't understand. Um, they've been dominant in the goals, but horrible goaltending so far and weak defense for the New York Islanders. That's been their undoing, horrible goaltending and not good protection in front of the goaltender. They're second in the league in goals, 197. That's amazing. Yet, they're the worst team in the league in goals against. Worst, 30 31st in the NHL. That sucks, and that's why we need a uh, 32nd team called the Seattle, Seattle Metropolitans. Let's put them in the Metropolitan Division. Huh? Seattle Metropolitans in the Metropolitan Division? No, that's not going to work. It's not going to work. Nope, and the Rangers are in last place, and they're still above 500. <laughs> yeah, it's weird to think that the Wild are only <laughs> Wild are like right behind the Pittsburgh Penguins. If, you, if the Wild were in the Metropolitan Division, 68 points tied with the Philadelphia Flyers. Flyers have emerged nicely this year in the... New Jersey Devils will be playing them this week, and they're way better, boy. They were in the doldrums for quite a while there. They're getting good again, eh? But, um, yep, bottom line, the New York Islanders can score, but their goaltending stinks. So I expect some kind of a wacky 5-4 to four type of game. I think Alex Stalock is going to be a net. I think Alex Stalock is going to be a net, particularly if Dubnik has a crappy game against the Ducks. You can't go with Dubnik every game. It's going to kill him. What happened last year? Obviously, you've had more relief for uh, Devin Dubnik this year. Alex Stalock is a way better backup than Darcy Kemper until this year. He's doing a good job for the uh, uh, Los Angeles Kings. But the Kings also haven't emerged that great, even though they have a decent goalie duo there and good players in front of them. But a lot of those good players aren't as good as they were a couple of years ago when they were winning Stanley Cups. Uh, John Tavares leading the way. That's no surprise. Of course, 30 goals on the season. Anders Lee with 29. Not bad. 46 points. Uh, Matthew Barzal, 62 points. Josh Bailey, 64, uh, 62 points. 47 assists. Barzal, 46 assists. Great playmaking by those guys. Multiple lines that can score here. Jordan Eberle, also extremely valuable. A guy who's a winger who can play center, this and that. So lots of nice offensive players on the... Uh, 
<laughs> on the New York Islanders, including, again, Nick Letty, who's a high-scoring defenseman. We know that. But still, you know, 36 points for him. But not much defense in front of uh, the goaltending and not much goaltending behind the defense, this and that. And that's been the problem for the New York Islanders. For some reason, though, another matinee game, and this one in in, uh, in the aisle. Well, not really. It's in Brooklyn. I wish it was in the aisle, but Barclay Center now. Uh, and uh, Rexon, excuse me. But I, I hope they... Uh, I hope they're able to. Uh, I, I hope the, the Wild are able to emerge victorious in this one. I'm going to go with the New York Islanders. I just don't like this matchup. It, it's been a funky matchup the last couple of years. It, it's always weird and messy, like six to four, six to three. I mean, you know, maybe the Wild have a hat trick and emerge and go crazy, or the New York Islanders go ape leap. But <clears throat> pardon me, I have a frog in my throat here. But to me, I think New York Islanders are going to win the hockey game. We'll go with 4-3. to three. I'm going to bring the score down a tiny bit. Maybe even 5-4, to 5-3, to three, empty netter. Either a 5-3 to three regulation empty netter or the Wild squeak a point out of it. But I think the Islanders will win in regulation. Let's go with 4-3, to 5-3. to 5-3, to three, empty net goal for the New York Islanders. They win the game. Most likely got a score for the Minnesota Wild. Well, you want to pick Jared Spurgeon. It's been a while. It's been a while. He's had some golden opportunities that haven't cashed in. Ah, uh, I keep feeling Niederreiter. I, I yeah, I'm gonna. Th- I think you know Niederreiter will be the most likely guy to score against the New York Islanders, but the Islanders win the hockey game. Unfortunately, funky matchup. I've never liked this matchup. It's weird. Minnesota did win 6-2-4 way back on October 26th. Entertaining, but very sloppy, yucky game with the Islanders, and I expect more of the same. Five to three, New York over the Minnesota Wild. Uh, so we will quickly attempt to move on now to see the New Jersey Devils. And, of course, uh, <laughs> these are that's obviously where Mario Lucia and Christoph Bursi have gone. Victor Louv now with the Minnesota Wild, but, of course, none of these players will be in this game. Corey Snyder, he's been a nice uh, goaltender in replacement of the wonderful, uh, legendary Martin Brodeur. Of course, Taylor Hall, a wonderful recipient for the New, uh, New Jersey Devils who killed Edmonton in that trade for Larson. Adam Larson, Taylor Hall, 60 points, 23 goals there, 37 assists, the flat-out leader, leading scorer, and all that good stuff for the uh, New Jersey Devils. The second leading scorer is Nico Hischner. Uh, Hischer, Nico Hischer. He's been, he's had a nice rookie season, number one overall pick in the draft, 37 points. There's nothing better when you can get a draft pick, you know, and it's high enough and it's talented enough you can join the team right away. Minnesota had that in their very first season, and we really haven't had that since. <laughs> it's too bad. Um, we saw Bouchard for a couple of seconds in his rookie season um, when he first got to the uh, when he first was drafted and all that, but unfortunately, we were unable to uh, really play him all that much. He was too early, he's too little, and all that. You know, obviously he was a smaller guy, and the Wild were on a playoff run and all that. Uh, where New Jersey wasn't necessarily expecting it to compete this year, but they are. They're, they are competing. Uh, they had lost three games in a row. Now have won two in a row. They lost to Calgary, Columbus, and Boston, who's been playing fantastic this year. The uh, Devils win in Philadelphia. That's impressive. And then a 5-2 to two win over the Carolina Hurricanes. It was a 5-4 win over Philadelphia. Some of the familiar names, Kyle M- Palmieri, uh, Will Butcher, 28 assists on the season. Very strong defenseman for the New Jersey Devils, uh, Jasper Bratt, again, also one player after another who's been showing up, uh, Brian Boyle, a fourth-line center who's ever-valuable, ever-valuable, particularly if you're going to try to make any type of a playoff run 
or just do anything out there. Uh, Drew Stafford has really dropped off the face of the earth. He's way down there, only 12 points in 46 games. He was a good player years ago uh, for New York and such, but he's dropped off. Uh, but nice young leadership for this team. They have a nice future. Their goaltender is solid. He's experienced. He was behind Martin Bergeron for a while. So, I don't know. This matchup always sucks. Do the Wild ever beat the Devils? Do they ever beat the freaking Devils? That's my question. Again, this is also in New Jersey on the 22nd of February, Thursday. Oh, man. I don't like this matchup. Prudential Center there. This matchup has never been that good. Uh, they have multiple injuries on the Devils. That's one thing to talk about. But at the end of the day... Yep, New Jersey beat the Wild 4-3 to on the 20th of November. I expect the New Jersey Devils to sweep the Wild this year. This is going to be a tough week, unfortunately. I, I don't like this matchup. And on the road and all that, the Wild are a different team on the road. And yes, you don't want to just judge home and road. I'm judging the matchup. And this matchup sucks. You know, even when the Devils are not good, they beat the Wild. Uh, earlier this year, the Devils really weren't that competitive yet. And they've become that. I like the Devils in this game. Ah. <sighs> Gosh, I hate it. Uh, four to two type of game. Three to two. Three to two. Four to two. Most likely guy to score for the Minnesota Wild. Should I say it? Is it finally going to happen? Zach Parisi is going to score in New Jersey. Zach Parisi will be the guy to score for the Wild. I feel it. I think his hard work will pay off. He's, he might even score both of the goals in the game, but I do believe Zach Parisi will get a goal in New Jersey in Prudential Center there. Minnesota Wild will not win, though. Regulation loss in New Jersey. They're going to have a couple of Metropolitan Division losses, and we may be talking about Metroplex Part 2 coming up, which scares the crap out of me, but I think that is exactly what's going to happen. New York Rangers follow up back-to-back. -back. I think... Boy... Which goalie is going to be a net? Uh, this is where you'll for sure see Stalock. Maybe you will see Dubnik uh, also against uh, the New York Islanders. But regardless, the Wild will lose that game 5-3. Fifth goal will be uh, empty net. Uh, New York Rangers, I think the Wild will sweep the Rangers. I do, on the 23rd. It's tough to say which direction Bruce Boudreau is going to go in this one. I think you're going to want Stalock against the Rangers and Dubnik against the uh, Devils, which will be a 3-2 lower-scoring game, but the Devils win. Uh, Parisi will score at least one goal in that game. New York Rangers, though, in Madison Square Garden. Mm, I, I like this matchup for the Wild for the most part. I think it's going to be Stalock. That's just my guess, and I do think the Wild will win. I think there'll be a split this week. The Wild will beat the Ducks and the, and the New York Rangers. This could be a rough week for the Wild, though. They may go 1-3 with these, with these matinee games and, of course, these road games across the uh, East Coast here. They scare the crap out of me. New York Rangers are... Two out of their last five, of course. They got shut out by the Islanders, beat by the Wild. And they beat the Winnipeg Jets and Calgary Flames. Whoa, that's pretty good. And then a 6-1 to demolition against uh, Boston. Actually, that was first. They lost to Washington, uh, Boston. Yep, this is backwards. I apologize. <laughs> February 7th. Yeah, some of these are reversed. They just want to tease me, and that's frustrating. Matt Zuccarillo, of course. We talked about him last week. Yeah, obviously, he's the best player on this New York team. J.T. Miller, a guy I just picked up for fantasy, ever versatile, a guy who can play any position, a top-line type of guy, a top six at a bare minimum, probably on other teams we'd say second line. For New York, he has to be top line. Uh, Rick Nash, really be traded. It's coming up here pretty soon. Will Rick Nash be traded before this game? Who, who knows? Who cares at this point? Uh, what a mess. Uh, Kevin Shattenkirk, I got to think, is going to be traded as well. What's the point? You know, I mean, he went there and after all that, and I don't know, uh, will he be traded? Can he be traded? This and that. 
hard to say. Uh, Lundquist is, it's just, you know, he's one of those guys. He's been there forever. He's dropped off. He's not the same guy. He's not the dominant goalie he was for quite a few years. I, uh, I like the Wilds' chances against this team. I think Minnesota wins something of the likes of 4-2, to two, something like that. I think Alex Stalock will be a net, and he'll have a nice game. Uh, Alex Stalock will have a nice, solid game. He'll make uh, something of the likes of 30 saves. You'll, you'll see that quickness, the competitiveness from Alex Stalock. Minnesota wins the game 4-2. to two. Most likely guy to score against the New York Islanders will be Eric Stahl again. I think Eric Stahl will score against the Islanders again, and he's been consistent. He may be close to 30 goals at this point. It'll be a minimum his 27th, but don't be surprised if you see Eric, uh, Eric Stahl with multiple goals against uh, these other Metropolitan Division teams this week. He's very familiar with his clubs over the years, so why shouldn't he be able to do it? That's my humble opinion. Uh, very recent 3-0 to loss for the New York Rangers to the Islanders. And, of course, again, lost to the Minnesota Wild just the game before that. So Islanders going right back into the tank again. This time maybe they mean it, right? <laughs> I think Minnesota will have a split this week, in my humble opinion. So now let's look into those prospects. Fairly quiet week for the Iowa Wild. Not a whole lot of games. Cal O'Reilly and Samanas still leading the way there. 41 points for Cal O'Reilly. Samanas, 40 points. He did tack on an assist this past week. 40-point season for Samanas in the AHL. Still no call-up uh, to, to, to Minnesota. That's unfortunate. Uh, Justin Clues, 36 points on the season. Uh, nothing major this week. Not a whole lot of scoring. So it's just I don't really have a whole lot to say this week about the prospects down there. Uh, Luke Cunning actually did have a strong game, pardon me. He had a three-point game the other night, two goals and one assist. That was much earlier in the week on Monday. But really, ever since then, it's been quiet, very quiet. Uh, mostly the minor leaguers scoring, like minor league, career minor league uh, players scoring for the Wild during the course of this week. But Luke Cunning did have that nice breakout three-point game on Monday, two goals and one assist. Kind of a bummer. He's still only at 19 points on the season. But again, minimal games, only 32 games. So it's not like his production has been horrible or anything. And he is the youngest player on the roster. He is a plus six for the Iowa Wild. Uh, Brennan Mendel is the plus six. Luke Cunning minus four at this stage. Brennan Mendel at 20 points, still stuck there at this stage. Colton Beck added a point this past week. But generally a quiet, low-scoring week for the Iowa Wild. Um... Nicholas Svedberg has definitely become the overall starting goalie for this club. It was kind of a platoon with him and Steve McCulloch, Michaelick, pardon me, uh, but the goals against Davers definitely dominating by <laughs> Svedberg. Michaelick has had some icky games, 2.48 goals against Davers, including two shutouts for Svedberg, no shutouts for Michaelick on the season. Uh, Victor Lov, only one game so far, and he's just a minus one so far for the Iowa Wild. Of course, he had 17 points for the Birmingham Devils earlier during the course of the season when he was there. Carson Soucy still leading the club in plus-minus, plus 14 on the season, so very, very strong there at the end of the day. So now we try to look around into the Olympics and college ranks and stuff. Uh, Jordan Greenway's been a top-line center, second-line center, even third-line center, but he's played a lot of minutes for the U.S. Olympic team. He has one goal in the three games so far. He's been a factor mostly getting really, really physical out there, getting a little bit, uh, getting getting his hands dirty, getting mixed up a bit with the Russian players, especially most recently a 4 nothing loss for the United States just a couple hours ago against Russia. Yuck. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov, no points in that game, but he got a goal in the first game and a hat-trick in the second game against Czech. 8-0, uh, 8-2 uh, victory, pardon me. 
for Russia, a hat trick for Kirill Kaprizov. Four goals in three games so far, so he's looking really wonderful out there, and we couldn't be happier. <laughs> Hopefully, continue to keep that relationship positive and bring Kirill Kaprizov to Minnesota in the next couple of years. Of course, that's just going to be a repeated thing over and over. Ivan Lodnia continues to be quiet for the uh, Erie Otters, but Jacob Golden, the fifth-round pick defenseman for the London Knights, he's on a point streak. A, a guy who was stuck at like... One point, two points here and there. He'd score like a point a month for a while there. He got his second goal just recently, just last night. And he's on a little bit of a teeny bit of a tear here. He's now at 11 points on the season. And he was getting assists every single game for the London Knights the past week here. And I'm very impressed with how Jacob Golden continues to approach. Really cool as he's finding a little offensive touch so far. Last year, only two points in 38 games for the London Knights. So far this year, 11 now in 50 games. Very quiet early on. The first 35, 36 games, and then something clicked with Jacob Golden, and you're seeing him getting more offensive. <laughs> you're seeing him getting more offensive chances, and he's capitalizing, and I'm very happy for him. Nick Swainy now at 18 points for Minnesota Duluth. Strong game last night for him and his club. Minnesota Duluth Bulldogs. Nick Swainy, 18 points in 22 games. Continuing to pile on the assists. 14 so far on the season. Very impressed with what Nick Sweeney has done. Seventh round pick for Minnesota just this past uh, just this past summer here. Brennan Duhem, an, another playmaker. More of a playmaker than a goal scorer for Providence. He's at 21 points on the season. Now 16 assists. Has added a, at least one this past week. Very nice to see. Uh, Jack Sadik made a huge play last night late. When, uh, boy, whew, Ohio State just about tied the game. But the Gophers survived. They sweep the Badgers last week, pound the Badgers in Wisconsin, in Madison last week. This week hosting the uh, Ohio State Buckeyes. Nice little 2-1 to one win last night. Gophers moved up to 10th in the rankings after the Wisconsin sweep. Now you get a win over Ohio State. Big play by Jack Sadick which whew, it, it almost resulted in a goal as well. It was a, literally all the way across the rink from the Coley Crease, Robson. <laughs> Robson unable to get to the puck due to him, due to balance there. Too much movement going on, too much momentum swimming around in the in the crease. And Jack Sadek, spectacular play, almost scored a goal from all the way across the rink in the final seconds, but a great release on that one. And thank God, because that puck was just about across the line there for Ohio State, and Jack Sadick saved the day there. Whew. Also, the Post's big help as well along the way. Luis Belpedio, he was also on TV last night. He's now at 26 points on the season, 17 assists, 9 goals. Definitely a dominant senior season for Luis Belpedio of the Miami, Ohio Red Knights. He's been obviously very, very, uh, very big positive so far for them at this stage. So at this stage, that's pretty much what we're going to look at in the collegiate ranks and all that. Uh, we'll look at a Capo Kalkinen so far over Luko Rama and SM Liga. SM Liga, I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but obviously continuing a very strong season. He's only 520 and 20, but well, you can only be as good as your team, I suppose. The goals against average outstanding, 2.14 in the 51 games. He's improved every single year there so far. For the uh, 21-year-old Helsinki, Finland <laughs> native, Kapo Kokkonen. Definitely a goalie to look at in the next couple of years here. Would be very interesting to see him, what he can do in the prospect camp and such, and go from there. I would be very happy to see him uh, emerge. Avery Peterson has also been with Duluth during the course of the season. The production has just vanished off the face of the earth, unfortunately. Only 8 points in 21 games, and he's missed time and all that, so... 
Frustrating to see. Frustrating to see. Uh, he had a very positive season last year for Minnesota to lose. Not so much this year. Uh, Nick Sweeney has definitely stole the show between those two during the course of <laughs> this season for the Duluth uh, Bulldogs. So that should be the final look at the prospects at this stage. Really exciting to see Kirill Kaprizov's success in the Olympics. And, you know, we know he has the talent. We know it's there. Just if only, yeah, I don't know. If only, if only, if only we can get him to come here. Once that damn contract is up, that would be great. Uh, nice to see positives from Jacob Golden, who, who's on a point streak. A guy who had no points for the longest time. He's on a point streak now for the London Knights. It's been very, very cool. About a five-game point streak for Jacob Golden, and he's had a couple of goals now. Awesome. Uh, Nick Sweeney, so productive for the Duluth Bulldogs. Very cool. His first year there. He is 20, though. It's not like he's a, a freshman's age. He's kind of like a sophomore or junior's age, but still, I mean, he was with the Waterloo Blackhawks of the USHL leading up to that, and he was very productive there as well. But, of course, that's a junior league. I mean, you know, the numbers are going to be good there most of the time. So if you're any type of an NHL prospect, you better be good in the juniors. But nice to see Sweeney being very productive at the collegiate level, which is about ECHL, I would say. It's about that. And he's been productive, very productive in his first year there. So, And he's also plus six. He was a plus 29 last year for the Waterloo Blackhawks. Um, that's a nice seventh-round pick, I think. The Lakeville native, Nick Sweeney. Neil Nadeau Thiesing also was from Lakeville. The Thiesings are over there in Lakeville, so very cool. Um, <laughs> big shout-out there again to the uh, Thiesing family. God bless you. God bless you, everyone, and, and, and the close fa family, friends, and such that uh, loved Neil so much. Uh, very cool <laughs> to see a couple of Lakeville natives. Again, Jack Sadick, seventh-round pick also. with the uh, He's with the Grovers. He's also from Lakeville. So Nick Sweeney and Jack Sadick, those are two guys I'm going to pull for for so many reasons, including the fact they're from the, uh, Neil Nate Dog Thiesing's Lakeville, Minnesota. How cool is that? Of course, Neil Thiesing was a, a checking, line, uh, checking line winger for Lakeville High School, So and he was honored this past week as well. Very, very awesome. Uh, that was not mentioned on the last show because it hadn't happened yet. So, yes, Neil Nate Dog Thiesing honored by Lakeville High School before the game. That was awesome. Very, very, very cool. Um, so we'll wrap up the show with that. Let's uh, give you the contact details and such. Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild. Or let's just go to, yeah, we could say that for now. Facebook first. We'll go back to Twitter. Uh, that's how you get to Brave the Wild. Go there, comment. Like the page, comment, interact with me there. There's the Twitter account, at Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild. Vince Germano most recently retweeted it to his friends in Australia there. And Hockey Podcast always shares the show as well from iTunes. Thank you so much, Hockey Podcast. God bless you. And again, they help you interact with other <laughs> other podcasts out there. Hockey Podcast, definitely worth a follow if you're intrigued because they, they tweet out lots of different hockey podcasts. That's how I uh, ran into the Fireside Chat. Being a Calgary Flames, my second favorite team. Hard to, hard to not like them as long as they're not in our division. When they were in our division, then it was hard to like them, especially with Jerome McGinley killing us every bleeping time. I got so sick of it. And how can you not? Yeah, Alex Ovechkin's the new McGinley as far as I'm concerned. Oh, every single bleeping time. Every time we play the Washington Capitals, Alex Ovechkin gets the puck in the back of the net. Oh, and he was a part of four goals in the last game. Yuck. <laughs> Contact details continuing here. Uh, the phone line's 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in to Brave, uh, Brave the Wild. Do your statement, shout-out, comment, question, and opine. 
So at that stage, it's a three-minute limit. There's the call now button. Same thing. Goes through the same number. It just goes through Facebook, so you don't have to worry about any phone line situation, minutes, blah, 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 or obviously uh, long distance, any of that. As long as you have any type of data or Wi-Fi connection, you'll get through there. The final route is the audio submission route, which I highly recommend, particularly for those of you overseas. But it's, it's really nice because there is no limit to it. Uh, though I prefer you keep it to a reasonable, reasonable numbers, five minutes or so. Uh, use the free voice recording app on your smart device. Treat it like a phone call, save it, and send it to PaladinoLive at Yahoo.com. PaladinoLive at Yahoo.com. All this information will be in the show description for copy and paste purposes. So you could just email it to me, and then I will convert it from a uh, M4A file, which seems to be most files these days, convert it into an MP3 file so I can edit things on Audacity. And it's not even if I'm editing, it's just putting it in the show. So that's the whole point. Audacity doesn't uh, cooperate with M4A files, so I converted very quickly into an MP3, and bada-bing, bada-boom, you're on the show. Another quick shout-out to uh, Pavel Bunet and Merrick Skyba. Thank you guys so much for the friendship and the interaction from the Czech Republic there. MNW Players, they have a webpage and a Facebook page for MNW Players. I'm an admin on that page right now. They're in limbo at this stage because uh, Pavel Bunet has his dream job and all that, and he's kind of waiting it out. He's been posting mostly on Minnesota Wild Hardcore, which is also an awesome webpage. My uh, my brother's brother-in-law, you could say. Uh, Chance Kostik, one of the ma- major admins of that. Uh, Jim Maddell, the original creator. He's a good friend out there. His his, uh, his wife, Sarah Maddell. Wonderful Facebook page. Also giving them a shout-out here. And... Um, just want to appreciate the friendship from all you guys. Chad Wolski as well. One of the uh, big, big shots there on that page. He posts from The Athletic. So it's very, very appreciative there as he posts uh, Michael Russo's articles on there. That's that's great. You know, so you don't have to necessarily... <laughs> Some of us that don't have a subscription to The Athletic. Wink, wink. So stuff like that. It's 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 helpful. Um, so with that, I just want to ask you, if you like this show and want to support it, please write a positive rating for Brave the Wild on iTunes or Stitcher. It'd be greatly appreciated, and when I see it, I will mention you on air and give you a big giant thank you, and it only helps. It only helps the show, and that's a great way to do that. So with that, we will call it a day. We'll talk to you next week, and hopefully the Wild can survive and not be metroplexed again. (laughs) 